Welcome back, everybody, to Prescribing Truth. I'm Jamal Banny, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the Dr. Prescribes. Uh, see, I messed up already. The one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. If you like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribe.truth at gmail.com, or you can call me at 801-980-6333. If you want to support the show financially, you can do so by joining me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribe truth. I have various reward tiers for your support. Just my way of saying thank you for your support. Anywhere from a dollar and up, I greatly appreciate it. Um, if not, I appreciate your prayers. Um, today's live stream or today's podcast, uh, if you're listening to this on various podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitch Radio, and Google Play, or you're watching this on YouTube, which, by the way, I go live every Sunday by God's grace at 6 p.m. Um, until I get into a new studio place, a studio space, and then we'll see where the time goes from there. But I want to do this stream based on a podcast that I heard probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, the name of the podcast is called Stop and Think About It. Um, you can find it. Um, I listen to it on Spotify, and you can find it on um, where else? podcast apps. is on uh, Google Play as well, and you can find them on YouTube as well. Stop and Think About It. Um, it's a nice podcast. Uh, they are, they're recently new, um, but they discussed this topic on their podcast, and I thought it was interesting. It was the first time that I've heard this take on it. And um, so I said, listening to, after listening to them and doing some uh, further study on my own, um, I thought it would be good to bring before you guys and see what you think about it and give you my take or what I, what I think and, um, and go from there. Now, I will be honest when it comes to this particular topic and looking at the scriptures, I'm, I'm a little on the edge on this. Like I'm a little on the fence. I'm like, I see, I see texts that show um, for one side and I see texts that show for the other. And, um, and I want to reconcile the two, you know, I want to be true to hermeneutics. So this is the, this is the reason why I want to do it and to bring it before you guys. So I'm by no means coming before this topic as an expert or as I'm actually settled on it fi uh, with a final stance. Um, but I will give you where I lean on it. Now, the topic uh, is about forgiveness. In case you haven't seen the title, uh, do we forgive others where there is no repentance? Uh, this talk came about when they were saying how somebody may do wrong to you, but if they don't apologize, are we supposed to forgive them as Christians? You know, whether they be brothers or whether they be uh, unbelievers, do we forgive people when they do wrong to us if they don't apologize? Now, my knee jerk reaction in all this is, well, yeah, I mean, because. I'm thinking about the gospel, how Christ tells us how we should forgive others as our father in heaven has forgiven us, you know, and then, and this also would kind of go into what you believe concerning salvation, you know, as far as how that even comes about. Uh, are we uh, forgiven in God because of our repentance or are we forgiven in God by his own init uh, initiation of our salvation? And, and that would <laughs> go into a lot of where you stand on this. And so, um, it's kind of hard to really deal with this subject or this topic without going into all those other spaces. And I'm going to try my best not to um, go down a rabbit trail on this topic. All right. But I just want to put that out there. So let's let's just go into it. Let's look at a few texts of scripture and see the context and um, go from there. Do we forgive others where there is no repentance? All right. So let me go to my trusted eSword app. And I have a few notes that I had brought to the side of some scripture. And I want to start with Luke 17, 3. So it starts off, it says, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. 
It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So when I see this text, this is our Lord speaking here. And I, when I see this text, I, I can't argue with the fact that it says if he repents, forgive him. You know, it, it, he doesn't say if he doesn't repent, then you don't forgive him. But it clearly says if he repents, then you forgive him. So it seems to me that right here off the jump, the very first text I'm looking at is, I, you know, if a person doesn't repent, if they, come, if they don't come pleading with me for forgiveness for the wrong they've done against me, then I really don't have to forgive them. You know, but when they come to when they come and they're telling me they apologize or I'm sorry or I repent, you know, then I should forgive them. Even no matter how many times it happens, I should be ready to forgive them. And the, uh, the motivation behind that as well is because our God in heaven has forgiven us. You know, when I see that, that's that's what I think about. That's what I think about. Um, now, this and this is the this is what they was talking about in that particular podcast. They were saying, that hey, they stood on the they stood on the side of. If a person comes to you seeking forgiveness, then you should forgive. But if they don't, in their pride or whatever it is, their arrogance, then you're not called, you're not required by scripture to forgive them. All right. So that was an argument that was made on a particular podcast. Now, um, like I said, at the time, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, that don't sound right to me. I, I think that we're sh we should forgive regardless because our salvation is not predicated on our, our, on our repentance. Because the Bible tells us that we're granted repentance by the Father. Our hearts to forgive, our hearts to turn from our sin is given to us. You know, we're not born with it, you know. And so uh, that's my whole thinking on it. And I think that's why I say this conversation can kind of go deep into dealing with soteriology. Um, but, you know, for the sake of this conversation, I want to deal with this. And this is why I want to leave it open for discussion. I want to leave it open for discussion and maybe to come back and revisit this as well um, after I get a few people to engage with it. Um, let's look at... Matthew 18, and this is a popular text dealing with uh, church discipline, uh, but it also deals with someone who sins against you. And also notice that this context is giving us about brothers, other believers who sin against you. You know, um, maybe somebody can send me a scripture, maybe in the comments or whatnot of a text that may reflect um, if you are sinned against by an unbeliever or any of that stuff like that. Um, but most of the texts that I'm seeing in the scriptures dealing with this is if an unbeliever, I mean, I'm sorry, if a believer sins against another believer, all right? So Matthew 18, it says, uh, starting at verse 15, it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. So that word there for listens, it, it, um, it's used um, plenty of times in the scripture in a text and it's given uh, it's talking about taking heed so it not just listens as like oh i hear you you know I, I i hear you that i did something wrong but that you actually take heed that you actually um want to turn or change uh, according to that admonishment so that's what that's referring to so if he listens to you you have gained your brother you know but obviously if he doesn't listen to you what happens he said if he doesn't listen uh, verse 16, it says, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And then verse 17, if he refuses to listen to them, 
tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So now this person is being to you as an unbeliever, as a Gentile and a tax collector. All right. He says, um, truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two or uh, two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so concerning discipline, when someone sins or more uh, particularly when a believer sins against, against another believer, this is in the context of them not listening. When it comes to church discipline, as far as showing whether or not a person, like I think the church is supposed to be made up of believers, genuine believers, right? We're supposed to be made up of genuine believers. And so church discipline is for the fact of, hey, a lot of churches don't practice this, which is unfortunate. But there are people in the church who are claiming to be members of Christ's body who may not truly be saved. And so if you are truly saved, then you will turn from your sin. Like you will repent. Like if you sinned and, you've, and it's been brought before you, you will repent because you're, you're a Christian. That's what you should do. Right. And that's my context of this is like this is talking about brothers. You know what I'm saying? So like if my brother doesn't apologize, or my brother doesn't seek forgiveness, then that's a hard heart. And therefore, there should be a witness brought in to tell them their fault, too. Now, this charge is evident out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Then if it's brought before the church, they still don't listen. Then let them be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So now this brother, this person who once you saw as a brother in Christ is now an unbeliever in your eyes. You know, even the um, scripture where Paul talks about how when someone commits a certain sin, how uh, and they don't repent or turn from it, then you shouldn't even eat with them. Like you shouldn't even like sit with them, fellowship with them. It's for the effect of discipline. Now I want to go to another text. Now this is I'm not gonna find I'm not gonna bring out all texts that are showing how a person has to apologize before it's forgiven, before forgiveness is given. Um, that's just something that I'm bringing out now. The next one I want to look at is Mark 11, starting verse 25. It says, "And whenever you stand praying, forgive." If you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And so what I'm seeing here is if you stand praying. Now, let's, let's read this context. Let's read this context to be fair to what Jesus is saying. Um, Mark eleven twenty two, And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and you and I'm sorry, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So now when I read this, I'm saying, okay, it's telling you to forgive. Like you're going to pray before the Lord. You can't come before the Lord praying to him and yet still having bitterness in your heart, unforgiveness in your heart. You should be for, you should be forgiving. And so this, I, I see this as a text that's showing that we should forgive even if somebody hasn't repented. Because so therefore I can't pray to the Lord before this person has repented to me so I can forgive them. And that's how I'm, that's how I'm seeing this. That, so I, I have an all against a brother. He sinned against me. And therefore, I can't go before the Lord praying because he has yet to come to me and you know, uh, repent so I can forgive him. So I still have this in my heart. So I'm saying it's like, hey, all those things may not happen. So I, I'm seeing here that's like, hey, forgive them. Even if they haven't come to um, apologize, forgive them. 
And that's what I'm seeing in this text. Now, I'm, I'm after looking at the text we saw before, I'm seeing where it says, you know, if a person comes to you, forgive them. And they don't keep forgiving them over and over again. If they keep coming to you, repenting, you know, and then um, concerning church discipline, hey, the church is called, hey, to discipline someone who is unrepentant, right? So, so even when it comes to somebody who does a fault to us, should we just forgive them without repentance? You know, and I'm seeing here that this kind of pushing for forgiveness without repentance, you know, but like I said, it's open for discussion. So let me know what you guys think. I really do want to know what you think in the comments. Please, please, please feel free to comment and not just on the live stream, but wherever you're listening to this at, if you listen to this on CastBox or Apple or whatever case may be, please comment. Let me know what you're thinking on these things. Um, I want to be, a, I want to do a follow up on this. There's two more I want to read off. Uh, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter two, verse seven. Here I'm gonna start at verse five. I'm gonna read through. So Second Corinthians chapter two, and I'm starting in verse five. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him. Or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. Presence of Christ. So that... We might not be outwitted by saying, for we are not ignorant of his designs. All right. So here I'm also seeing where Paul is encouraging the believers to forgive, to forgive someone and comfort them. But what I'm also seeing here, too, is that in verse seven, it says, so you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So this kind of implies to me that this individual in question would have some sorrow concerning their sin that they've committed. So therefore, there's already a heart, a heart of repentance. That's what I'm seeing here. That's, that's um, by implication. All right. Um, so, guys, let me know what you think um, about that as well. Um, but here are also I'm seeing that Paul is saying, hey, rather turn to forgive and comfort that person or they may be overwhelmed with a sense of sorrow. So basically the fact that uh, what I'm seeing here is that the individual knowing that they've caused people pain seems to be enough. That's what's implied in verse six for such a one. This punishment by the majority is enough. And that punishment he's speaking of is the causing of pain. All right. And so it seems like they've already been. Uh, feeling the the weight of their sin because they cause pain. And so now if people don't forgive them, they'll be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. And that's how I'm seeing that text of scripture. All right. Colossians chapter three, verse 13. All right. For, so for this one, I'm going to start at verse 12. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive and so like, like i said i feel like this goes back to our soteriology it's like how do you how do you view this you know how the lord has forgiven us how are we forgiven um in christ 
you know, we know repentance is included. We know there's a turning from sin, but we also know, and I know some people may disagree with this. If you don't hold to doctrines of grace, understand that. But for those of us who are reformed, who hold to this, let's think about this. When we come to the Lord, it's because he first came to us because he changed our hearts and granted us repentance. Right. And then he's forgiven us. We are his chosen ones. As as Paul says in verse 12, God's chosen ones. And so it's, it's like that's already been offered for us, given through Jesus' death on the cross. Um, and so I'm here, seeing here, if I have a complaint so, against someone, forgive them. Because it wasn't, it wasn't my uh, coming to the Lord that granted me forgiveness and salvation. It, his love for me, it, that was his love. And that's, you know, and that's what I'm seeing in the text. But that's that's another thing I'm thinking about, too, is like, what would this, what would this show for as our love for one another if we don't forgive? If we don't forgive. Um, the Bible says while we were enemies, Christ gave us life. He gave us life. While we were enemies, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Um, we weren't repentant, yet he gave us life. So, I don't know, I'm seeing, I, I see a lot of example for why we should still forgive others even if they don't apologize but then i see it i see in the scripture where it's saying if someone comes to repent then you forgive i see why people um would argue for forgiveness after someone repents i'm just not necessarily sold on it and so i just want to bring before you guys as well so with that being said i'm gonna take a break um if you guys are interested or interested in evangelizing and you're looking for some great tracks to give out, please visit five solarsministries.com for your gospel tracks. I've got mine in the mail. Um, these are beautiful. Um, he believes in the five solas. He holds to them wholeheartedly. And it just got the gospel just on the back, very clear and just crisp and really good. So check that out at www.fivesolarsministries.com for your gospel tracks. So, and reading those texts of scripture, and for those of you who listen to us on podcast apps, I would encourage you to go check out the YouTube um, version of this to um, to listen to or watch the engagement of dealing with the other texts of scripture, or even in the comments, the live chat section. I would encourage you to do that. Um, but it, during that time, we looked at some more texts of scripture, and I'm seeing that this is a this is a loaded topic. This is a loaded topic. Um, I've leaned more on the side of I think it's best as Christians that we forgive others. You know, because our forgiveness was granted to us by the Lord, it isn't that we gained it on our own merit, but it's the Lord who is gracious towards us. Yet, I see the practical means concerning church discipline and and when a brother who's supposed to be a Christian sins against you. And, you know, and you call that the question if they don't repent. I can see that. I see that. Um, there was a book that was um, that was suggested by the guys from Stop and Think About It. Uh, it's called Un Unpacking Forgiveness by Chris Bronze. So I would encourage uh, people to check that out as well as a resource. If you're looking into this topic a little bit more, I'm definitely going to check it out on Amazon and, and read some more on this topic. But that's where I stand on this. Um, my, my scriptural conviction is trying to reconcile my soteriology with all of these things as well. It's how we view others uh, when they wrong us and all those things like that. I do think it's great um, that people do uh, that people are made aware of their wrong against you and they should ap apologize and repent uh, when it comes to unbelievers um, their main issue their main beef as you will is with the lord it's with the lord if they sin against you their main issue is that they sin against god they need to repent and turn to the lord for salvation 
All right. But if our brother sins against us, we're called to go to them and tell them their faults. And if they listen to you, then you've gained your brother. Right. And if they repent, then we're to forgive them. Right. So but what if they don't for repent, do we forgive them? That is the question of this um, topic uh, um, tonight. And so I'm, I'm sorry if you was looking for um, a solid answer on this topic tonight. Um, this is why I mentioned in the beginning that I wanted to be able to just open this up for engagement. I want to revisit this. I want to talk about this again. And if possible, this may be one thing that me and my brother uh, from Stop and Think About It can link up together and discuss it. Because um, this, this is a loaded topic. It's, it's great to talk about. All right. Because forgiveness is important. Forgiveness is important. The gospel is important. Right. So all of these things are important. You know, and I think one of the reasons why we do discipline like we do as far as going to people and rebuking them and so on and so forth and seeing what they are, the fruit of their heart as far as they're turning from sin is based on their understanding of the gospel whether or not they're truly in the faith or not. Because I'm, I'm a firm believer that if, if you are a born-again believer in Christ, you will acknowledge your sin. You will repent and turn from your sin and trust the Lord and go to the Lord and lay it at his feet. Just like First John tells us, if we confess our sins, right, we confess those sins before the Lord. Even though God knows all things, we still yet confess our sins before the Lord. And it says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness all right i hope that's encouraging to you i hope this has been helpful to you in some way if you want to contact me you could do so by calling me at 801-980-6333 or you can email me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com you can listen to this podcast live on youtube on sundays at 6 p.m eastern standard time and this podcast is available in audio format on your various popular podcast apps, even one you listen to, all right, it should be there. You should be fine. You should be able to find prescribing truth on those podcast apps, all right. So remember, in a world full of errors, the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. Prescribed truth, we're giving you what the doctor ordered. Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant. We undeserve it, but Christ changed our mind frame. In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth.